All right, super excited to be able to share my heart with you guys today. Um, I'm going to talk about building today, and um, our, as, hopefully, as you remember, our motto this year uh, is Proverbs 24, three, 24, verse 3, and it's that wise people are builders. And in Proverbs, it's talking about, you know, building, I think a lot of it in the Passion Translation, it says building enterprises, building churches. Um, it's kind of referring to building a thing, like building a community, um, actually putting your hand to work to actually build something. And I want to uh, talk about a different kind of building today that is building yourself in the Lord. How do you build yourself in the Lord? And so um, I think we, we have this idea sometimes that uh, you go around the mountain, you learn a lesson in God, and you go around the mountain and you learn the same lesson again three years later, or maybe it's three months later, or maybe it's a year later, whatever the timeline is. You kind of learn that lesson again, and then you kind of go around the mountain again, and you learn that lesson again, and you go around the mountain again. And it's this thing of like, we kind of stay in the same spot, but we go through this cycle of like testing and and doing a test and learning something and doing a test and learning something. But I, I want to look at it from a really biblical perspective because that seems okay, because like we all need reminders of what we learn, right? I mean, everybody needs a reminder. Like you don't always learn something once and that's just concrete in your mind. We have to, we have to be reminded. But biblically, I want to look at what does it mean to grow in the Lord? Is it okay to go around that mountain again and again and again and learn that same lesson? Is that actually scriptural for what uh, Jesus intends for us? Um, so that's what we're going to look at today. And um, I also want you to be aware of this word. I'm going to use mediocrity or mediocre is the word I'm going to use uh, throughout this message. And mediocre, basically the Latin kind of uh, context for it is the middle of the mountain. And so... It's like, it's not great and it's not the worst. It's kind of the middle of the mountain. It's mediocre, right? And what I want to talk about is we, we stay in the middle of the mountain, but we keep going around the middle of the mountain again and again. And that would be my definition of mediocre for today is going around the mountain again and again and how I don't actually believe that that's uh, okay for us to, to do. So we're going to go to Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. I think we have it up there. Up there. Okay, so this is the um, this is Jesus. This is pretty much the last thing he says in the um, his sermon on the mount. He is about to come down off the mountain. Uh, this is the, he just went through kind of topic by topic points of interest, you know, divorce and all this stuff. Um, he talked about false prophets, and then he gets to this this last thing, and he says, "Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation." When the rains fell and the flood came, with fierce winds beating upon its house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. And I want to talk about this for a while, this verse, because Jesus just taught all of this stuff. He just spent probably, probably several hours, I would assume, teaching these things in Matthew 5, 6, 7. And this is what he says about all, in reference to all of those things, this is what he says. So, the, so both guys built houses, right? And it doesn't say that this guy's house was better than this guy's house, right? So they're both builders. They both built houses. They both built good houses, we can assume, because it doesn't say one house is bad, one house is good. It just says that one was built on the foundation of concrete or, or a strong foundation, and one was built on the foundation of sand. And they both had to endure a storm. 
So both guys had houses, both guys built houses, both guys had to endure a storm. The difference was one guy applied the teaching of Jesus to his life and the other guy didn't apply it to his life. And what I want to talk about is that I think sometimes whenever I hear this, we're thinking that the guy who built on sand was hearing like a false teaching or was like not building on the foundation of Jesus. That's kind of my first thought is like, okay, yeah, that guy wasn't building on the foundation that was Jesus. He was building on a false teaching, like he was in a cult or something. But that's really not the context. The context is actually that he heard the same teaching that the guy who built on the concrete heard. He heard the exact same teaching. It was the very words of Jesus Christ. The only difference was he didn't apply it to his life. So it's not that he built on a foundation of like Satan or, or a false gospel. He built on the foundation in his mind that was the teaching of Jesus that he had heard five minutes ago. He just didn't apply it to his life. So the difference is in the application of the teaching of Jesus. And Jesus teaches us not just in the Bible, not just in words, but he disciples us in our life by, you know, through seasons of learning things and getting revelation and, and gaining, um, gaining revelation and building on that. So they both, they, they both built a house. They both had a, the same storm that came, and the difference is in the application. So it's not just about hearing the right stuff. We could go to whoever is your favorite teacher in the world, you know, whoever you think is the best teacher. You could go and you could listen to all of their tapes constantly, 24-7. And that's the good foundation. That's a good foundation, right? I mean, as long as they're a true teacher of the Bible. But if you don't apply it to your life, it, it, it does nothing for you. It doesn't do anything for you. Because these people were sitting in the presence of Jesus Christ. And they heard amazing hours of teaching. I mean, Matthew 5, 6, 7. Hours of teaching. And the only difference is one guy applied it to his life, but they both heard the same teaching. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 3, 18, verse 18. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. God did an amazing thing where he kind of connected these two verses for me. Like I wasn't planning on teaching about this necessarily, but he gave me this verse in Matthew and he gave me this verse in Corinthians and he kind of put them together and like helped them kind of equal each other out. But it's like the guy that built his house on the rock was the guy that applied it to his life. You can't build on something that's sand and then build on a broken house, right? It doesn't work like that. Like we go to Florida every year with my wife's family and we, they, they build these huge sandcastles. We spend hours building these really cool sandcastles the first, second, and third day, like hours. We'll dig a huge hole and then we'll build up and make like a town with a little road. Spend hours and hours doing it. It's a lot of fun. And then, but you have to take a picture quick because day four and five, it's usually gone either because the rain came or the flood came, the tide came in, or some punk kids came and jumped on our sandcastles. And so we beat them up and sent them home. <laughs> Just kidding, we didn't beat them up. I wanted to though. Um, I mean, hours and hours of work, okay. But you can't build on a, a town that is broken down, that is broken down by the rain. You can't build on that. God doesn't build on a foundation that isn't in the rock. So how does God build on something, even if we heard the right teaching, even if we have everything right, how does God build on something if we didn't apply it to our life? He can't. And I want to take this like super simplified down. I want to like just, let's just take it all the way down and simplify it. So the, the simplest revelation that we can think of, say that God is good, or maybe that God is real. For some people that might be 
um, a revelation that we're dealing with still, which is good. Um, so the simplest revelation that you can have. That revelation, I'm building a house, or you could say I'm laying a brick on the revelation that God is real. We'll say that. If I don't apply that to my life, meaning whenever I get into trouble, if I don't act and think and speak and see life as though God is real, I didn't apply that teaching to my life, so nothing is going to be built on that. Does that make sense? So we'll, we'll take it to another level. God is my father. If, if I say, God, God, I hear a great teaching, or I read the Bible, and I see clearly God is my father, I lay a brick on good foundation, God is my father, but then a storm comes, and that's when I have to decide what the foundation is. It's kind of backwards thinking, because usually you lay the foundation first. But in this scenario, it's like the teaching is good. The teaching is good on both ones. The decision comes for us, is when the storm comes, are we going to apply it to our life, or are we going to not? Because the storm is always going to try to tell us and convince us that the teaching is not true. The revelation is not true. That God is not who he says he is. That's what the storm does. And the storm is always going to look like the previous revelation that you just got. Are you guys following me at all? So if we say that God is good, if we, have, we get a revelation for the first time. God is actually good. I believe he's real and I think he's good. There's going to come a storm when I'm going to be challenged in that thought. And I'm going to have to decide in that moment, is God good, no matter what my circumstances say? And if I say yes, and I believe in my heart, I'm not going to bow to this storm. I'm not going to let this storm define who God is, because God doesn't change, no matter what my circumstances are. Then that is something that is then solidified in foundation of concrete, and that doesn't ever change in my heart. And that's how we build. That's how we build ourselves. That's how we build ourselves in the Lord. And we have to, we have to I want us to be able to see these storms, these seasons of our life, where we learn something amazing. We have an amazing season with God. Like when I first got saved, I was just a wild man. I was crazy. I didn't know anything, but I thought I knew everything. And I had this revelation, though, that God wanted to heal people. I just, I had like, I think it was my only revelation. You know what I mean? Like, but I had this idea that God wanted to heal people. And so I just prayed for everybody because I really believed that God wanted. But a storm came and, and, and people didn't get healed sometimes. But in that moment, I have a decision to make. Do I really believe that God is a healer, that he wants to heal people, even though this storm is telling me, this circumstance is telling me that God doesn't want to heal people? And so I decided in my heart, yes, I know that God wants to heal people. I've seen him do it. I know he wants to. I, in the Bible, it's all over. It's all over. It's everything that Jesus did. I mean, so much of it was healing. And so I decided, yes, I believe that's true. Even though the storm says, says no, I believe yes. And that is then something that God can build on later on in my life. But if I say that if I go through this mountain again and again, I want you guys to see this picture of going back through this mountain again and again. I think we do this way more than anybody would like to admit. God is healer. God likes to heal people. Yeah, I believe he does. I, believe, I, I, I truly believe he does. And then the storm comes and people don't get healed. Well, maybe it wasn't the will of God this time. But, but then it's like, okay, but is he the healer? Does he want to heal people? And so then the storm washes away. And so that's not something that gets to get built on. But then we'll make another trip around. We'll hear another good sermon. We'll get inspired by something. And we'll go back to this thing of God is the healer, yes? And I know I'm talking about healing here, but really we could, we could say it about anything. Let's talk about God as my provider. God provides for me. I have this revelation. They, they do an amazing teaching about God as our provider financially. So I get this revelation. God, is, he, God hands me a brick and he says, build with this. God is my provider. He's going to provide for me. I have this amazing season where people are just giving me stuff. I got a bonus at work. I got a raise. Whatever's happening, God is providing for me. But then a few months down the road, a storm comes and I'm like, oh, I don't know if God is really my provider. 
And this storm comes, and in that moment I decide, am I going to go up or am I going to stay the same? And, and what I want to point out in this verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18, is it's not okay to stay in the same spot. It's not okay to stay in the same mountain and just stay in the middle of the mountain because that is mediocrity. It is actually required, it's actually required that we grow and we go from increasing levels of glory. And let's go back to that 2 Corinthians verse. I'll get there. We can all draw close to him with a veil removed from our faces, and with no veil we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What I want to point out, though, is a few verses before that. In verse 10, he says, What once was glorious no longer holds any glory because of the increasingly greater glory that has replaced it. The fading ministry came with a portion of glory, but now we embrace the unfading ministry of a permanent impartation of glory. And he's talking about the old covenant versus the new covenant there. And so I want to be clear about that. But I think that the same is true for us. Is like God doesn't want to teach you that one thing for your whole life and you never get it. And you, you think that you get it, but then you come to a storm and you didn't actually get it. And so then you have to go around that same mountain and you're just traveling around the middle of the mountain your whole life and that's mediocre. But what I want to say is that mediocrity is not anything that God has or has ever had. And when he created you, he didn't have mediocrity as an ingredient to put inside of you. So none of your calling or, or destiny, none of your assignment should be marked by mediocrity. Not any of us, nobody created by God has any sort of, of, of right to have mediocrity in their lives because God didn't give it to us. He didn't assign it to us and he certainly didn't create, it, create, us, create us with it. And so I want, to, I want to begin to take us to a higher level. I believe that God is like ready for us and it, not that it's like we're in trouble, but that it's time for us not only as a body, but also as individuals, to actually take a step up. It's time for us to actually take a step up and to, to really begin to grow at a higher velocity, if that makes sense. And this is like our good. This is for our good. I mean, it's in service to Jesus, but this is really for our own good. Like it's time for God says, it's time for us to go to greater levels of glory, to greater levels of glory, to greater levels of glory. And that storm is that little two that's in between the glories, right? Glory to glory. That little two is a storm that's going to try to disprove the previous glory. And it's always going to be there. But every time we go through a storm, all we have to do is like, what is this storm trying to disprove? And I'm going to look at the storm in the face. I'm going to say, you don't get to define God, who he says he is, who he is for me, or who he says I am. I think it's good. <laughs> so I want you to think about a storm that's in your life. Or, or maybe a storm that is, is, maybe you're in a really good season right now where you're just learning. But I want you to think about a time in your life that's been really difficult. Maybe your family's fallen apart. Um, maybe your finances are just hanging on by a thread. Maybe, maybe this or maybe that. If you don't actually take a take a stand in that storm and you tell the storm who God is and you look at it and you say, you don't get to define my God. You don't get to define who I am or who he says that he is because what that is done, like he is who he says he is. If you don't actually do that and take a stand in that storm, then you don't get to grow. You have to go back around the middle of the mountain. And some people spend so much time 
I think, going around the middle of the mountain on certain issues in their life. But God, God has not called us to go around the middle of the mountain again and again and again. Like, he wants us to grow and go from higher levels of glory to higher levels of glory. And it's, it's not actually just his desire, but it's his commandment. He asks us to become more like Jesus. We can't, we can't stay the same in this middle of the mountain kind of mediocre thing. If I want to be more like Jesus, if I want to look into a mirror and like not barely tell the difference between me and Jesus because I look like him and I smell like him and I, I sound like him, my heart is so full of love because I'm just like Jesus. That doesn't happen by me not taking a step up. That doesn't happen by me not facing a storm and saying, you don't get to define who God is for me. Does that make sense? King, king David, well, before he was king, David, he had this revelation that God was his deliverer because, he had, because God had proved it to him, because God had done it in his life. He delivered him from, from a lion and from a bear. And God has delivered every single one of us from something, or, or he has saved us from something, or he has protected us from something, he has provided for us for something, or he has delivered us from something, like a lion and a bear. So maybe your lion and your bear is whatever, but... He is a deliverer. And so David, whenever he was looking at a giant that had armor, he was six cubits tall, he had armor, an armor bearer, a huge shield, a sword, a huge spear, like basically a kid going up against the worst guy you can imagine. He didn't see Goliath. He only saw through the perspective of the lens of who God was for him. But how many of us look at our storms and look at our life and not see life, not see the problem, not see the giant, but we look, we, we, we look and we see who God is because of what he has done in our lives. Because what we have built on, the truth that we have built on in, in our lives. And so it's like we, we have to begin to see these storms with this perspective of God is who he says he is. He doesn't want to teach me the same thing my whole life. Like once a thing is done in my heart, it's done. And so whenever I, I look at a Goliath in my life, it seems like I can't move to Florida, God. Like I don't, have, I don't have a job in Florida. I don't have enough money to move to Florida. I don't even know if I sell my house, I might lose money. I might make money. I don't know. But, like it's, but God has provided for me my passion. So I'm looking at this Goliath in my, in my life and I have to say, is God my provider or is he not? Do I really believe what he has done for me, he will do again? Do I believe that who he is is who he actually is in this situation and for eternity? Because I look, at, I look at this situation and honestly, I think whenever I didn't have a car, God provided for me. And whenever I didn't have groceries, people would show up at my house with a van full of groceries, guys. Four times it happened. I didn't have food and people showed up at my house with groceries. God is my provider. Nobody gets to tell me that he's not. This situation, this, this, this assignment doesn't get to tell me that he's not my provider because he's done it in the past. And David, whenever he looks at Goliath, he's saying, God is my deliverer. He did it with the lion. He did it with a bear. It doesn't matter what's standing in front of me because who of God is standing behind me. God is my deliverer. And this giant doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it looks like, what it says, what it does. It doesn't define who God is for me. But we have to build. Like, but we, we can't go through the middle of the mountain. We have to build. We have to say things are, certain things are done. It's over. Like This topic in my heart, it's done. God is my provider. It doesn't matter whatever, ever, ever, ever happens in my life. This issue is closed. It's built on. It's built on solid foundation. Nobody builds a house, three layers of bricks, and then they go back to, to fix on this brick. It's done. It's over. Graham Cook, um, 
he says this quote, and I'm not going to quote him exactly. I haven't heard it in a while, but it, it stuck with me. I heard it a couple years ago. He says that I'm, I chose to be challenged, something like this. I chose to be challenged not by anything the enemy can do or would do or can do or is doing, but only by believing what God says. I'm only challenged ever by, is God, like, by what God has said. And it's this same idea of like, I'm not going to look at what's in front of me. I'm only going to look at who God ha- is for me, what he's done for me, who, he, who, who the Bible says he is. And I'm going to choose to believe that. And my only struggle is to, is to, is to choose that over the fear or the anxiety that's in front of me. But we see these people, we see, sorry, I don't mean to be accusi- accusative. I think we all know people that say they believe in God and that they would say that they believe God is their provider or that they would say that they believe God is their protector. But listen, if we're shaking in our boots and we're constantly worried and if we're just like, if our life is run by fear and anxiety, then you don't actually believe that God is your provider. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be, accuse anybody, but I'm just saying if fear and anxiety are, 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 are a big part of your life, then you don't actually believe what you say you believe. And that's okay. It's okay to be there. But we need to be honest with ourselves and say, I don't, I don't actually believe that God is my provider. And that's, that's okay. It's okay to be there. Even if you, believe, if you don't know that you believe God is real, it's okay. But you need to, you need to build on a firm foundation. You need to build one thing on top of another. Do I believe God is real? And there's a storm going to come, and you're going to believe that God, you know, you're going to be challenged in that thought. But that is going to be an issue that is forever closed in your heart. Is God my provider? There's going to be a storm come, and there might be several other storms come after that. But that issue is closed. Like, it's not up for debate any longer. And it's this idea of building ourselves, building on the revelation. And in 2 Corinthians, he's talking about becoming like Jesus. Becoming like Jesus. But we have to do this thing where we actually build precept upon precept and line upon line of who Jesus is to become more like him. We have to build up, build ourselves up to what Jesus is like. And we don't build up to Jesus by building on something that we have to revisit every once in a while. We only build on things that are concrete. Does that make sense? So here's what I'm not asking. Here's Here's what is unrealistic is that we, we say that everything that in the Bible, we just believe it and it's done. Like, obviously, that's not real. Everything that God has ever done for you, you have to immediately just firm it in your heart and it's over and you can never visit again. That's not realistic. I, I totally understand that. We need reminders. We need, we need things to help us remember. But what, what I am asking, what I do think is, is true is that God commands us to go from greater levels of glory to another that has to be measurable and that he has called us to build, that wise people are builders, so we have to grow. We don't get to stay in the same spot and say that it's okay because it's not okay to stay in the same spot. It's not okay. I mean, it's not okay. So growth has to be measurable at some level. So I want, my challenge would be to pick like one thing or maybe two things. Like what is done in my heart? What is over? Like how do I, how can I solidify even in my personal, like if you don't have like a personal um, like motto or like your life's kind of like if you had a business, you'd create a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a statement, mission statement. Like um, even if you don't have one of those, like but just like create a mission statement for yourself. Like who is God for you? Who has he been in the past? What, is, what, is, what do you believe about God that, that can never change? You decide today that this, this can never change. 
And we always are, like, foundation is built upon foundation, so precept upon precept. So you're going to grow in your knowledge of God, and he might surprise you. But he is healer. You know, he is good. These things don't ever change. They only are built upon. Does that make sense? So I'm not asking you to believe everything in the Bible and just immediately believe it as truth. And every time a storm comes, you can never fall, because I understand we all fall. But what I am saying is that choose a storm to look in the face and tell it who God is. Like, choose a storm in your life. Whether it's this storm or that storm, the storm's going to come. God, it doesn't matter where you build your foundation, the storm is going to come. When that storm comes, you need to pick a storm and tell it who God is for you. And, and, don't, and don't ever revisit that topic again in a, in a questioning kind of way. I also want to say that it's okay, I kind of said this before, but it's okay that we don't, it's okay if our faith isn't perfect. If our, it's okay if our belief system isn't perfect in this, like, currently. It's totally Okay. God doesn't require that, and I don't believe he's asking for that. But what I, I do believe he's asking for is growth. So if I'm going to grow, I have to be honest with myself. Do I believe that God is my provider? Like, yes or no? I just need to know. I just honestly need to know. Do I actually really, truly believe that God is my provider? Because I can say, of course, we're all going to say, like, do all of you believe God is your provider? Yes, of course. We all, it's in the Bible. It's very clear. But, like, what is the thing in my heart that, that, like, no matter what life throws at me, this is true for God, Right? And so we need to pick some of these things and not, not fall back on them, not faint back, and don't go around that mountain again. Go up the mountain. And that's how we build, and that's how we become like Jesus. I believe that this is what 2 Corinthians is talking about. We build in revelation. We become more like Jesus. The light of Jesus shines through us more and more because we become more like him because we have a revelation of who he is. You know, God doesn't want to forever teach you that he is, he is good. I mean, he will forever be teaching you that he is good. But he doesn't want to only teach you forever that he is good. You know what I mean? Because good is just one word, and God is way bigger than one word. If you have to keep relearning God is good, then you can never learn that he is fill in the blank. He's funny. God is super funny. You'll never learn that God is funny before you learn that God is good. If you don't really believe God is good, you're not going to learn he's funny. He won't, he won't jump past it. He can't. It would be bad for you. You have to believe in your heart and know for a fact God is good and not be shaken. And so what I want to do is I want to differentiate the, the difference of what can be shaken and what cannot be shaken. And it's okay that there are things in both categories. But you need to kind of like, I want everybody to take it, like kind of take into consideration your own life and your own experiences, your own beliefs, what can be shaken and what cannot be shaken. And I just want to create a, a system that we know and we are aware, we are self-aware that we have things in our life that can be shaken and we have things in our life that cannot be shaken. And that's holding us accountable to fear and anxiety or stress or anger or whatever it is. Because if I, you know, again, if I say that I believe this, but then I stressed out all the time, don't really believe it. It's not okay to, it's not okay to lie to yourself and say that you believe something when you actually don't. I want us to be accountable to that. It's not okay that we say we believe this, but we don't actually believe it whenever it comes down to it. Like I don't want us to say as a church, we believe in healing. If when someone gets healed... We, we say, well, God didn't want to heal you. I mean, it's tough. I don't have the answers. But God is the healer. God is healer. He wants to heal you. Like, period. I'm sorry you didn't get healed. I'll keep praying. But period, that's it. God is the healer. You know, people could have a horrible time financially. I'm really sorry that money is not going well right now. But God is your provider. He will provide for you, period. End of story. And so I want, as a church, but also just individually, like, let's have these things that cannot be shaken.
And that's how we grow. That is the foundation that Jesus builds on. That is the house on the rock, is what you have applied to your life during the storm that tried to prove you wrong, that tried to prove that revelation wrong. And that's why sometimes if you get a prophetic word and then everything goes the opposite direction, everything goes horribly for a while after that, it's trying to disprove your word. But you've got to look your storm in the face and tell it, tell it what the word is. So every time we build, we build a brick or we build a house and then another story, another story, however you want to look at it, um, it has to like go into our prescription. You guys understand that? It has to, thanks, thanks for the laugh. It has to go into our prescription. Like it has to go into the way that I see my life. Like right now I can see a bunch of dots. If, if I really truly believe it and I have applied it to my life, it has to go into my perspective on life. That is the proof that it has gone into foundation that is concrete or solid. Because if I, if, if I can see my life without it, if I can take these off and I can see my life and I can get scared, then it's not in the, it's not in the foundation of solid, concrete. It's in a foundation of sand and you'll have to rebuild it. Does that make sense? That's what David was doing. He was looking at his perspective on life and his perspective on that situation wasn't about the giant. It wasn't about him even. It was about who God is for him. God is my deliverer. He got these from the lion and the bear. He's past the storm. Then a giant comes along, but he doesn't see the giant like this and he's all scared and worried and freaking out like the other Israelites were. He had these because God had delivered him from the lion and from the bear. And so he put these on. He's always wearing them. He didn't have to put them on. And he saw the Goliath, not through the lens of the world, but through the lens of God as a deliverer. And that's how you defeat giants. That's how you build your life. That's how you become more like Jesus. You add to your prescription. I've got a pretty great one. I mean, I was, I'm not bragging. I was joking about my eyes. <laughs> um, growth has to be measurable. I want to keep us accountable. Keep, be accountable to yourself. Be accountable to your spouse or whoever. Growth has to be measurable. And also, it's, it's not okay to believe. I'm just going to say it again. It's not okay to believe something and not actually believe it. Say you believe something and not actually believe it. We need to know what we believe. I'll stop talking about that. Okay. <laughs> I want to tell you guys a story about, about my, one of my family members. Um, whenever I first began following the Lord, I was pretty radical and I was a goofball and, you know, I wasn't the smartest guy. But I really loved the Lord and I really felt like I was hearing his voice. And a member of my family was staunch that I needed to go to college. I was probably, I think I was 18, maybe 17 or 18. A member of my family was just very, very staunch that you don't know, like, you don't, you're kind of just going wild there. Why don't you just go to college so that if ministry doesn't work out, <laughs> you can get a job and you won't be broke and homeless. There was a, a member of my family that was just very staunch on this. And their intentions were totally good because the wisdom of man would have definitely said you should just... Get a degree just in case, you know, things don't work out for you. Um, but I felt like the Lord said, don't go to college. I don't want you to go to college right now. And I just, I told this person, I was like, I'm, I'm really, truly sorry. I know your intentions are good, but I, I probably didn't say it that nicely. But I was probably like, God says don't go to college. <laughs> but anyway, I was 18. So I told this person, God says don't go to college. And this was like, like weeks and weeks of arguing back and forth. And then at a, I think it was at a Thanksgiving dinner, actually. I'm not cursing anybody with this. I'm not prophesying any sort of dissension. But um, this all came to a front. My whole extended family is around a table. And this person brings this up again. 
like I, I, like, I don't know what we were talking about. I think I was just talking about God or whatever. And she's like, I really think you should go to college. It'd be so good for you to go to college. You can like influence people at college. I was like, I'm, I, I wasn't super rude, I don't think. And I said, I, I really don't feel like I'm supposed to go to college. I feel like the Lord said, don't go to college. And then they bucked up and they said, you know, with the support of my grandma. <laughs> and they said, you know, like, you really should just go to college. You don't know what you're doing, which I didn't, to be fair. And I just stood up, and I just, like, had this moment of courage. I actually was, like, tearing up, and I went and I wept in the other room for a while after this. So it wasn't, like, the big manly thing. But I stood up, and I was like, God told me not to go to college. I don't serve you. I serve God. It doesn't matter what you think. I only care about what God thinks. And I left the room, and I went to cry in my bedroom. <laughs> so it was manly in the moment, but then it became not so manly. But here's what God did for me, is that in the, after that moment... Like the, the concrete foundation of, I don't care what anybody thinks but God, solidified in my heart. And it's a miracle and it's a gift because I'm not this amazing that I could do this and I could keep it up. But I just, I'll be honest with you guys, it became a part of who I am. That it doesn't matter what you think or what you say about me. It doesn't matter if you laugh at me or, or think I'm silly or being stupid. It's concrete in me that, that a storm came. It happened to be in the, in, the, in the form of my family, so storms might be your family. But a storm came, and they said that it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't necessarily hear God, you need to hear me. But I rose up, and I said to the storm, no, it doesn't matter what you think, I only care what God thinks. And I will, do, I will die tomorrow serving and following Jesus. Even if I go broke and homeless, it doesn't matter. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to at least try, even if I die and fail. And in that moment, it became concrete in me. doesn't matter what anybody thinks. And honestly, I've lived the rest of my life. It's been, I need my wife here. I'm not good at math. Like seven years, I think. It's been like seven years. And, and I'm not saying that I don't ever have times when I care about what people think. But I'm saying it became a part of who I am. It doesn't matter what, what people think about me. It doesn't matter if they think I'm goofy or stupid or crazy. It doesn't matter if they laugh at me. It doesn't matter if they make fun of me. It doesn't matter if I fail in front of this whole thing. It doesn't matter because what only matters is that I want to follow God. I want to do what he says, even if it looks foolish to the world. And that has became in me so solidified, and I've never had to revisit that because that is who God is for me. And that's who God says that I am. But we need things in our life that... They're concrete. It's a part of who we are. It becomes a part of our lens. We look at life. doesn't matter what people think. doesn't matter. It's over. It's dealt with. I dealt with that. It's done. I really believe that the Lord is saying it is time this morning for a lot of people to move up. Not that we're in a bad spot. Not that we're being mediocre. But, but just that we don't want to fall into mediocrity. We don't want to go around the middle of the mountain. We don't want to stay in the middle of the mountain. God has called us all to conquer mountains, to be mountain climbers, to get to the top of the mountain, and that's where you get transfigured. That's where the transfiguration happens, is the top of the mountain. So we can't be in the middle of the mountain or we'll miss our transfiguration. I believe that God has said this for our group today. We are going to see greater things, hear greater words, give greater gifts, and steward greater treasure. But those things don't happen until we take a step up and we build and what God has done in our life, we build on what we read from the Bible, we build on what he has said or what we've heard in teachings, that we get greater treasure, greater gifts, greater words, greater acts. So can I pray for you guys real quick? Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for, for your glory. We thank you that you have called us to greater levels of glory, Father. And we just, we just pray right now that we thank you. We 
know that you have called us to see greater acts of God. We know that you have called us to steward greater treasure in, in the kingdom. We know that you have called us to hear greater words, to see greater things. Father, we know that you have called us to amazing and glorious places in the world. And so we just ask, Father, that you would help us to build on the foundation build on the foundation, to build layer upon layer upon layer of the revelation of Jesus Christ in our lives, who he is for us, who he is in us. We thank you, Jesus. We just ask that you would give us courage and boldness to grow and build. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for you. Uh, if you want specific prayer to level up, to put just put a stake down, we would love to pray for you, Rachel, myself, Makobe, um, anybody else that wants to pray. So come grab us afterwards. Everybody else, we love you. Have an amazing, amazing week. And we'll see you.